A major development in the Murdoch family murders in the Lowcountry. Dozens of school bus drivers in Chatham County refused to take the wheel in protest, and the Labor Day holiday brings thousands to Chatham County and Hilton Head Island. We've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire in Lowcountry. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. There was a new major twist in the South Carolina murder case that has the nation's attention. Attorney Alex Murdoch has resigned from his family law firm after being accused of misappropriating funds. That resignation came on Friday, September 3rd. The Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Elstroth, and Detrick law firm tells WTOC a forensic accounting firm will be investigating the claims that Murdoch misappropriated funds. Law enforcement and the South Carolina Bar have been notified by the firm. Murdoch's law license has been indefinitely suspended by South Carolina's Supreme Court. On Saturday, September 4th, Murdoch called 911 saying he'd been shot in the head on the side of a road in rural Hampton County. South Carolina law enforcement says Hampton County Central Dispatch received the call from Alex Murdoch around 1.35 Saturday afternoon. Murdoch's attorney, Jim Griffin, says he got a call from Murdoch's brother around 2.15 p.m. on Saturday. Griffin says he was told Alex Murdoch had been shot while he was changing a tire on the side of Old Salkahatchee Road. Murdoch's brother also told Griffin that Alex Murdoch saw a truck drive by and then turn around before he was shot in the head. SLED describes the injury as a superficial gunshot wound to the head in a statement. Murdoch's attorney says the shooting was not self-inflicted and says Murdoch's family told him there was an entry and exit wound, Murdoch's skull was fractured, and there was minor brain bleeding. Murdoch's attorney released a statement saying the allegations of misappropriating funds led to Murdoch confronting his substance dependency and voluntarily checking into a substance abuse rehab facility. WTOC's Tyler Mannion recapped the previous developments in this story Tuesday during the news. Well, Don and Mike, we've been following the Murdoch's for years and a lot has happened. Alex Murdoch being shot and resigning after being accused of misappropriating funds is just the most recent incident. It all started in July of 2015 when Stephen Smith was found dead. The coroner said he died of blunt force trauma and later his mom claimed her son's death was not a hit and run. We wouldn't learn of a potential Murdoch connection until years down the road, though. In February of 2019, Mallory Beach was killed in a boat crash. A boat that Paul Murdoch, Alex's son, was driving, and he was charged with boating under the influence, causing death. June 7, 2021, Maggie, Alex's wife, and Paul were found dead in a double homicide. Just two weeks later, while investigating the deaths of Maggie and Paul, state investigators found evidence that led them to reopen the case of Stephen Smith's death. State investigators have not given any updates since reopening that case. And most recently, on September 4th, this past Saturday, Alex Murdoch was shot on the side of the road in Hampton County. Investigators described the wound as superficial, and he has since been released from the hospital for that injury. And now again, he has checked himself into substance abuse rehab. Members of the Murdoch family served in the 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office for about 87 years, which covers Allendale, Beaufort, Colleton, Hampton, and Jasper counties in South Carolina. Last week, 14th Circuit Solicitor Duffy Stone recused himself from prosecuting any cases related to the shooting deaths of Paul and Margaret Murdoch. We love our job. 
but we need the community to get behind us doing it safely. That was the message Tuesday morning from Chatham County school bus driver Kendrick Banks, one of the dozens of bus drivers from Chatham County schools who called out of work for two straight school days because of concerns about the district's safety protocol on buses and their pay schedule. The bus driver strike began on Friday, September 3rd, when more than 50 drivers called out from driving their routes, causing major delays across the district. The protesting drivers gathered at the district bus lot, bringing chairs, umbrellas, and signs. Here's what driver Randy Frazier told WTOC about the protest, followed by more from driver Kendrick Banks. And the parents should be with us, 100%. Teachers, all the employees of the um, SCCCP, this should be with us right now. Literally enough is enough. We've tried several forms of communication as far as sitting in the office, talking to them, trying to negotiate some issues, and the answer is always the same. We're working on it. So today we decided not to move the buses because why? Okay. Chatham County Schools says the strike caught them off guard on Friday. The district says they had to call on district employees with CDL licenses, like maintenance workers and athletic coaches, to help fill routes. The protest continued Tuesday, September 7th, after the Labor Day holiday, when more than 40 drivers called out, again causing delays across the district. On Tuesday afternoon, drivers in the district were able to come to an agreement on their concerns, and drivers returned to their routes on Wednesday. Banks told WTOC the district agreed to work on the pay situation and get a pay schedule that works better for the bus drivers. They also have created a hotline number for the drivers to call any time they feel protocol has been violated on the bus or any other unsafe situation occurs and they will be investigated on an individual basis. Chatham County Schools released a statement Tuesday evening about the situation. The statement reads in part, quote, As a government agency, Savannah Chatham County Public Schools is precluded from negotiating with a union or any other employee group. However, the district is always willing to listen to concerns brought by employees to administrators through the appropriate channels. Some of the concerns being publicly brought forward by drivers in the past week have not previously been brought to administration in an official capacity. The district statement continues. The Savannah-Chatham County Public School System has approximately 5,600 employees. The district must take all employees into consideration when making decisions on best practices. Chatham County Schools apologizes for the disruption. The absence of these drivers may have caused to certain routes. The district continues to work to maximize all available resources to ensure on-time arrivals, end quote. You can read the district's full statement in this story at WTOC.com. Click the link in the description of this episode. Savannah, Tybee Island, and Hilton Head Island businesses are coming off busier than expected Labor Day weekends, which they say is a nice way to unofficially end the summer season. Business owners across the three tourist spots saw a boom in business over the weekend, Here's Casey Ferreira with the Gaslight Group in Savannah, followed by Joy Horn, manager of Tybee's Riptide Bar. You can tell when the kids go back to school, people tend to stay home for just a little while. But honestly, this year that was about two and a half, three weeks, and, and here we are back to um, booming quite a, uh, yet again. It was awesome. It was everything you wanted in a holiday weekend. Everybody made a lot of money. We were thankfully lucky enough to be fully staffed, so that made things way simpler, way easier. So yeah, feeling blessed. It was a great weekend. Leaders with Visit Savannah anticipated hotels around the coastal empire would see around 80% occupancy on average, which is lower than early or mid-summer holidays, but typical for this time of year. Those crowds were good for business, but have city leaders in Savannah concerned about how it could impact the spread of COVID-19. 
Dr. Lawton Davis of the Coastal Health District told Savannah City Council on Thursday, September 9th, we're starting to see a downward trend in the seven-day rolling average as well as community transmission index, but says there's still a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the possible impact from the recent long holiday weekend. Here's Dr. Davis. Overall, we may have plateaued. It's possible that we've even begun trending downward. Uh, which would sort of be expected if it behaves here like it did in India. But, you know, the, the fly in the ointment right now is um, Labor Day and whether there's delayed data reporting and whether Labor Day becomes a super spreader event like some of our other holidays. Savannah Mayor Van Johnson made his concerns known Tuesday, September 7th, saying he personally saw a lot of folks downtown over the holiday weekend and was sent pictures and videos of crowds of people with too few wearing masks. The mayor says he'll be meeting with the local medical advisory team in a few weeks to look at local virus transmission rates and case counts and going from there. That's about the time city staff will also be reevaluating permits for large events in public spaces like concerts and marathons scheduled for the months of October and November. Here's some of what the mayor had to say on Tuesday. At the end of the day, our actions now dictate what happens to us uh, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, on one end of it, you know, we see pictures, we see videos uh, of people, young people and older people, um, you know, in public spaces, very close proximity, no mask, but then we're wondering why our positivity rate in our schools are up. Well, if parents are not vaccinated or acting responsibly, then obviously they go home, their children catch it. So, I mean, again, we just have to decide in the community what it is we want to be able to do. Saturday will be the 20th anniversary of the attack on the World Trade Center and Pentagon on September 11th, 2001. For many Americans, that morning is a somber day still remembered vividly. For one Savannah fire captain, it's a day that led him to become a firefighter. WTOC's Sean Evans has that story. September 11, 2001, now Savannah Fire Captain Glenn Carlson was a sergeant with the Mount Pleasant Police Department about 15 miles from the New York City line. On that morning, I was in my office at police headquarters uh, when we saw uh, that there was uh, planes that had hit the World Trade Center. Captain Carlson says shortly after, his department had a contingent of officers ready to go help, including him just waiting for the word on where they were needed most. It was uh, surreal. You know, we could see the plume of smoke, um, no cars. Carlson says at that point, just a few hours after the attack, only first responders were allowed into Manhattan. He says another striking sight were the military jets flying just overhead. For me, I was at the time a 17-year police veteran, and that's something that uh, I hadn't seen, and it was uh, certainly unsettling. But you knew that for them to be up there, uh, doing uh, the job that they were assigned to do, you know, we knew this was going to be serious. Carlson was there as New York firefighters with Engine Company 5 returned from the World Trade Center in a battered truck, he says, looked like it had come out of a war zone. And it was a, a very, very sad and emotional uh, return for, for everybody there because uh, they were missing a firefighter that had responded to the uh, Trade Center. Carlson also recalls the actions of firefighters with New York City Fire Department that day that he calls extraordinary. You couldn't even imagine what, what they must have been through uh, 
seeing it firsthand. It was their heroism and camaraderie that inspired Carlson to pursue a career as a firefighter after his retirement from the police force. To be quite honest with you, it was it was not 11. You know, I saw the work that the firefighters did and um, the camaraderie and the brotherhood and uh, and I said to myself, I, I want to be part of that. As he reflects on the events of that day and days following, Captain Carlson says he wants people to remember that the suffering continues for the many families of those lost and those who responded to help that day and are now dealing with illnesses caused by exposure at Ground Zero. It's very sad. It's uh, very much, uh, in my mind, an ongoing uh, event and an ongoing tragedy. And, uh, you know, we have to uh, remember and, and, and not forget and, and think about the people that are still being uh, impacted by this. You'll find a link to all of WTOC's coverage of the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks in the description of this podcast episode. Get the latest news, weather, and sports every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.